0: Hello and welcome to Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This week on Adaptivist Live, man, do we have a lot of stuff for you. And why do we have so much (laughs) stuff? Well, I mean... Last week was the Atlassian Open in Vienna, and some big announcements came out along with that event. I'm Ryan Spilken, and joining me today is Matthew Stubblefield. Hi, Matthew.
1: Good to see you, Ryan.
0: Always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, Brenda could not join us today because she is off saving the world, as usual. So let's kick off. First of all, massive news earlier this month with Atlassian announcing free tiers on everything cloud. And not only that, they're also extending the premium pricing plan. So earlier this month, Scott Farquhar dropped a blog saying that coming in the next few months, it's all cloud, baby. We're going to give you, just like Trello, just free access. You want to use some Jira, have some Jira, right? It's there for you.
1: Though to be clear, this free access is fairly limited, not in terms of feature set, but in terms of user count. Got to have fewer than 10 users on your team.
0: The, The true... Also, yeah, the feature set is there, but you're only able to upload so much. You only have so much storage. True. It is the it is a, but it's still a potent tool for Atlassian to gain new customers into their cloud offering.
1: Now, for those of you like us who really enjoy reading Atlassian's uh, pricing and licensing pages. Uh, you might be familiar that their 10-user or less license in the past has just been $10, and that's been very generous and has helped a lot of people start. That will be free in the future for cloud. It's not quite there yet. Uh, we took a look at Lasting's licensing page. We're recording this on Tuesday, September 17th. You'll get it on Friday. If there are changes between now and then, uh, Sorry. deal with it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but right now, it's only Jira Core. Uh, that is free for up to to use, and actually, it's a little confusing because it says one plus zero dollars, one to ten, ten dollars. So uh, I think they're still in transition, Ryan.
0: Mm. Yeah, it seems like they're working on it, but it is still an important thing that's coming up. Look for it, and if you're looking to sample the cloud experience, what better way to do it than free? Mm. They get you on the comeback. Uh.
1: Moving over to server, on 10th of September, Confluence 7.0 dropped. And uh, we talked about the EAP uh, quite some time ago. Uh, It's been three years since Confluence 6.0 came out. So uh, 7.0, just a a lot of improvements. Some of these are kind of incremental stuff we've been seeing for a while, improved support for geo-performance with CDN. Um, One of the things that we were hearing in Atlas Camp and that we uh, see in these release notes a lot of focus on migrating to cloud and making that easier. Uh, So, you know, it's debatable how many people want to move from server to cloud. Uh, Certainly, we see a lot of people starting on cloud, but depending on the amount of automation you need, the number of users, different things you're doing, um, cloud's not always there. But if you decide you want to move from server or data center to cloud, uh, 7.0 has the cloud migration assistant for Confluence. Uh, It's now data center approved, and you can learn more in the Confluence Migration Planning Guide uh so number of, uh, issues resolved in 7.0, uh, if you're ready for that upgrade, as always, we typically recommend waiting for the first point release. Don't jump to a dot .0 release, uh, let some other people beta test that a little bit more and, uh, then go to the, the next point release.
0: Yeah. That's because 7.0.1 is already out. So you don't, <laughs> I'm sure they have already begun
1: to patch the bugs. But again, as you mentioned, no, notably, I think 7.0.1 was out like on the same day almost. Uh, released on 10 September also. Maybe wait for 7.0.2. Maybe.
0: Maybe that's <laughs> that's the right
1: idea. Um
0: this being said, this Confluence 7 doesn't really offer the users a new experience at all. This is really a back-end update. In this page I see nothing that would affect the everyday user. So carry on users, write that content. Now, what if you are Maybe not so deep in confluence, but you are in the PMO, you're in the project management office, and you're a Jira portfolio user. You haven't seen many updates to portfolio in a while, and you can't surface all the data that you want to when you want to. Well, good news, because on 10 September, they also dropped portfolio for Jira 3.10. This is going to give you some improvements to how you see your estimate versus time spent uh, in the team view, and... I love this, dashboard gadgets from Portfolio. Woo! So put that data where people need to see it, right
1: on the dashboard. Not to be outdone, Jira Software 8.4 said, All you boys releasing on 10th of September, I'm going to do better. 9th of September 2019. Hold my beer. (laughs) There are a number of improvements in Jira Software, but as has you know, become increasingly the case. Some of them are data center only. Uh, so, uh, archiving of issues I find particularly interesting. Uh, project archiving is something that came to data center. I think it was earlier this year. Uh, something people have been asking about for, I swear, over a decade, uh, being able to archive issues, uh, is interesting. And, uh, then being able to browse both, uh, you know, issue archives, project archives, it adds a new global permission to browse the archive. Um, I think that's really interesting, but unfortunately, data center only. Uh, For those of you who, again, uh, love perusing the Atlassian pricing pages, uh, if you've kept up with the pricing news, if you're on server, your prices are becoming very similar to data center. So there's less of a a reason to not move in the future. Um, If you've got questions about your pricing, your data center price, your server pricing, what this means to the bottom line in the next year, feel free to contact us at uh, learn at We'll get you in touch with the right people to answer specific questions about your instance because uh, it does change instance to instance. But there's definitely less of a reason to stay on server um, than there used to be. I think we're going to see a lot more people moving to data center in the future, which clearly seems to be Atlassian's strategy here. That's what they're uh, going for, yeah? Yeah. Uh, that's really the only feature that says it's data center only, that archiving. Um, we've got some... Uh, improved filters and multi-user picker custom fields. I'm not sure why this is explicitly in the Jira software release notes as opposed to Jira mm, core or something core. else because it doesn't look like software specific, but it's there. Um, some improvements in colors. Um, I note the color thing just because it's part of the Atlassian user interface improvements. It's good for accessibility and uh, it does make this a lot more readable. So I, I always appreciate seeing things with the universal design approach. Um, and... Uh, you know, just sort of some other uh, back-end improvements like Ryan noted for the Confluence update, uh, getting some improvements to Docker, or, or rather how Jira um, uh, gets deployed. I uh, use Docker, both for server and data center uh, in containers. Um, so, check out 8.4. Uh, I think that's probably a safe one to hop into uh, at your earliest convenience.
0: And I got pretty excited about seeing that you can now edit your time tracking in bulk because, you know, mm. Because uh, time tracking, you
1: know. Yeah, for those of you who have been using Tempo, that's been something we've been able to do really easily using Tempo timesheets, which we're um, big fans of because it saves us time. This would be editing time tracking through the bulk edit. So you have to have the global bulk edit permission. You, you know, whatnot. It's not quite a slick an interface, but it is nice to be able to do that. <laughs> uh, and for those of you for whom uh, September 9th update just isn't cutting edge enough. Uh, For the truly edgy, the Jira 8.5 EAP is available. And notably, uh, Jira 8.5 and Service Desk 4.5 are the next enterprise releases. So if you are an organization that sticks with the enterprise release, uh, and you've been on the same one of Jira for about a year and a half now, uh, throw 8.5 on a test system, start finding out what works for it, take advantage of the EAP so you can start your testing now for upgrades in uh, presumably a few months probably in the next six months, I would guess.
0: Can we go to the cloud now, Matthew? Can we, can we soar in the skies of the cloud? I don't think we could restrain ourselves. It just have to take off sometimes. In cloud news, there have been a few nice changes that have come to the platform in the past couple of weeks. And interestingly, one of them has been around in Jira for a while. You can now view your workflow in your project, so you're looking, at a pro- you're looking at an issue. You can actually uh, view the workflow now, so you can see where it is. That's that's a you know that's a thing that's been around
1: in, in the classic projects. In the
0: classic, but you're right, you're right. I would really actually love to hear some user, some of our listener feedback about next gen projects. Um, being at Atlassian open last week, uh, I did see some very interesting feedback about next gen, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Other new changes in cloud include you're being able to, this is a nice quality of life improvement. You can actually edit the status of a subtask and a linked issue in line. So you don't have to leave the issue to do the update. I think that's great.
1: This is something that really aligns to the next-gen project philosophy that I find really interesting. It's it's actually moving away from the workflow and just into drop-downs. So instead of you know transitioning from one to the next along a line, in a transition line, it's it's a drop-down where you just select, are we in progress? Are we in review? Are we done? Are we putting back to on hold? As a bit of a Jira vet, I find a little queasy about it. I'm not sure how I feel about drop-down status changing, Um, but at the same time, uh, more and more these days, I'm using that, uh, simple, simplified workflow so I could just move stuff wherever I needed in the moment.
0: Yeah. Just get it done. Just get the work done. Right. There are, there are times where it's appropriate to block your workflow for, for reasons. But if those reasons don't exist, just let it go, man. Put it where it belongs and
1: move on, crack on with it. Right. So particularly editing status of linked issues in line. Uh, That's sweet. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited for this change.
0: Yeah, for real. Other things that you might notice in the cloud include a redesign to the customer portal request details page, which actually seems like it's going to give you a much nicer experience. um, As far as seeing your requests in a clear and straightforward manner, they've
1: added a rich text editor.
0: Yeah, they've added a rich text editor, uh, sorted it to where it makes more sense, and have moved the location of some fields to be a little more apparent, just, just focusing on the UX. And lastly, if you are using Bitbucket in the cloud, the public issue tracker that Atlassian uses to, to squash the bugs and to make sure everything's nice and tidy has moved officially to jira.atlassian.com. So if you come across a problem, head on over to support.atlassian.com, and then you can create a bug report, which will show up on jira.atlassian.com. And uh, of course, we will link to all of this information in our SoundCloud description.
1: I can only surmise, Ryan, that this was a very non-controversial change, because they linked to an Atlassian community post about it. And often maybe not often, but sometimes we come to these community posts and find hundreds of comments from the community. Yeah, uh, In this case, moving to jira.atlasting.com, zero comments, but seven people like it.
0: Yeah, this is this is a good one. And while we're at it in the cloud, I think this is super interesting. We are able to now see apps in Jira Cloud on mobile. Now, if you're an app developer, like we happen to have at Adaptivist, you might know that there are some limitations with working with the mobile interface. But it looks like there is a new feature called Glance, which allows app developers to give some insight into what their apps are doing with issues. Uh, and there's also a sweet GIF to show you what it looks like from Tempo. So we're
1: all about that GIF life. Love it. And uh, yeah, if like when I first read over this, I was like, okay, the app at a glance. So part of this is giving uh, app developers. The testing instructions, if you want to give this a try, uh, check out this blog. You can do that. Uh, For the users wondering what this all means, uh, it means when you're looking at your issue uh, in mobile, uh, it's scrolling down what sort of looks like an issue detail view, and you can see Tempo there. Uh, Presumably, we could see other uh, apps in the future that allow you to interact with the issue in some way. Um, And my my hope is that this comes... (laughs) I feel like we're constantly writing, like, I hope it comes to this interface. I hope it comes to this interface. At last we love you. We appreciate you putting this in whatever interface you start with. Uh, we're not, you know, I, I don't want to sound like it's never good enough for us. Oh, it's good. We love you, it's, you know, we... It's good. We like it. But, but I do like, you know, I, I would love to see um, ability to kind of manually set this. Like, I, I'm thinking about the issue detail view. Um, in Jira software, you can set, you know, what goes on your cards. Wouldn't it be cool if I could set a time field in my my uh, card view where I could just click on it and oh. set that, or if I could even in the right side the issue detail view, if I could add and remove apps from that? So like having it in the mobile is cool. I'd really like to have it on the web though.
0: Yeah, you know mobile and web are sort of blurring together these days. Make it happen, Atlassian. And while we're we're making a wish list, and thank you for listening. If you are an Atlassian listening to this, thanks for all you do. We really do appreciate it. But, guys, it's 2019, and I cannot interact with inline comments on Confluence Mobile through a browser or through the app. Give me them sweet, sweet inline comments. That is so important to how I work every day. Come on. I got two strong words for you. Come on.
1: Come on. <laughs> so Ryan, I was a little worried about this podcast because uh, when we started looking through all the various places where we find articles, there were no Bitbucket release notes.
0: What are we to do? And it's been,
1: it's been like six podcasts in a row we've had news from the Bitbucket team. And I was like, oh my God, we can't let the streak die. But thankfully, Justine Davis wrote on September 9th, also not to be outdone by all those September 10th updaters.
0: Yeah, they, getting in early. <laughs>
1: what's new in Bitbucket deployments? Uh, So deployments is actually a feature that came with Bitbucket pipelines back in 2017. Uh, But there are some improvements to it, uh, mostly around permissions, admin restrictions, branch restrictions, et cetera. Uh, Some uh, integrations with uh, Jira and back and forth between it and Bitbucket um, concurrency control. So we'll link to this article, uh, really just relevant to you, all using uh, pipelines, particularly in the cloud. Uh, But uh, it does look like there are some improvements for deployments, as well as uh, additional deployment environments. So check out that blog post linked in the SoundCloud description.
0: You know, Matthew, we were podcasting back in December of 2017 and talked about Bitbucket pipelines way back in the day. This is episode 75, Matthew. We covered that.
1: We, I mean, presumably, it's hard to remember uh, what we did back then. But I remember seeing pipelines at Atlas Camp a, a few years ago and really, especially as a non-developer, um, looks like it, it makes them simpler than they used to be. Uh, and that's the direction I'm seeing out of Bitbucket uh, in general and the, the team working on that. The way I always talk about Atlassian tools is, and, and you know, how Adaptivist helps customers use them is I feel like the tool should not become your job it should help you do your job. And if you're a developer, you're trying to create an app, you're trying to create a website, you're trying to create uh, some piece of software, whatever it is, wrestling with your deployment, that's not where you want to be spending your time. So I always enjoy these little you know, sort of quality of life updates, the things that automate and make things simpler. Uh, so yeah, between uh, Bitbucket, all the improvements they're making in cloud... And then tools like Script Runner for Bitbucket that let you automate a lot of your work away, so you can just focus on your development. That's, uh, you know, that's why I stick with Atlassian uh, and and working with this tool set because it really is all about making the tool kind of putting in the background, um, so you can really focus on your work.
0: And speaking of simple and straightforward and and empowering, there is nothing simpler than Trello, right? You jump into Trello you start your board, you start listing things, you start making new tables. Well, Trello has announced a new and improved community section called the Trello Collection, because Trello had launched a Slack community a few years ago um, to give people a chance to talk about what they were doing. They hosted live sessions. They did a lot of, you know, community building there. But Slack over long periods of time in a community such as this, which is, is very disparate, right? There's a lot of people coming to this. Um, Slack became a challenge. So they've decided to bring all of this to the Atlassian community into the Trello collection. This is searchable. It's got bigger reach because now it's part of the wider Atlassian um, community. It's going to give you insight. And uh, listen, if there's anything that people on community like, it's bragging rights with flair. If you have enough flair, you you earn that community respect. Just ask Nick Bruff; He'll tell you about it. (laughs) So uh, you can get a piece of taco flair now in Atlassian community. So they've shut down the Slack community. But you can get on over to the Trello Collection and we'll include the link to that in our SoundCloud
1: description. And for a uh, perhaps less exciting bit of Trello news, though uh, just as exciting with their their graphic design. And I should note, both of these pieces of Trello news are not actually news. Uh, Ryan and I have apparently not done a good job of parsing the Trello blog, um, which, like some of Atlassian's blogs, kind of mixes and matches new and older content. Um, but I I dug a little bit today and uh, found a couple of blog posts from, uh, honestly, the last few months. Sorry about that, listeners. But I think they're interesting. And this this next one is interesting to me because it has to do with security compliance and certification. This is a topic we've been talking about on the podcast for a few months now. At least. um, Because uh, Atlassian has really been emphasizing security. Uh, It was a huge topic at Summit this year in Vegas. Their goal is to... You know, not just comply with GDPR in Europe, but to you know, go past it. Uh, they want to exceed GDPR. They want their cloud to be more secure than most companies. You know, Atlassian servers or even data centers and, and server farms and whatnot. Um, and so, Trello, this was back in July, uh, announced SOC two and ISO twenty seven hundred compliance. Uh, as well as SOC three compliance, uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with this, uh, really the key part of this type of security compliance is being audited by an external entity. So this is where the company is not just claiming that they are secure, but they've actually been audited, and the the data has been proven secure by an external auditor. And where I, w- you know, sort of why I want to note this and bring it up here, even though it's not exactly news, this this Trello post is from July. If we flip over to Atlassian.com slash trust, we've talked about that site a few times in the podcast. There's not a lot that's new there typically, but uh, in their platform roadmap, Atlassian has as a coming soon SOC 2 and ISO 2700 certification for Status Page, Ops Genie, and Jira Align. Notably, Jira Align just acquired earlier this year. And uh, again, I think this is just part of the story that Atlassian is telling about security and certification. Uh, so we're going to see more and more of this. We're going to see it for data center. We're going to see it for cloud. Uh, we will link in the SoundCloud notes to these stories as well as to Atlassian's compliance page. Uh, so you can see what certificates they have currently for their different systems, um, both cloud and and server and data center. Uh, but I just, I find it very, um, you know, kind of interesting. I think we're, we're going to see this more and more and some of the stuff out of Atlas Camp we can't talk about uh, yet. At last we will make those announcements more publicly in the future. Um, but we've shared some concerns on the podcast in the past about how, you know, as you pursue security, you make getting work done harder, right? Like, there's always that balance between productivity and security. And uh, there's some of the stuff that we saw at Atlas Camp that gives me some hope. Uh, <laughs> because... <laughs> effectively what Atlassian has done, and this is a good thing. This is like a really good thing. They have set the bar. They said, we are going to pursue hyper security. And now they are inventing tools that facilitate productivity with that. So it's, it's a journey. Um, We've got a ways to go, but definitely seeing some encouraging things. Um, And uh, man, I, I'm glad somebody cares about security and privacy. Uh, Definitely need more of it. (laughs) You know, Atlassian cares about a lot of things.
0: They do. They, they show in their values that they care about their customers. And in a recent announcement, they've also shared that they care deeply about the planet. Mm. So they've taken that core value, don't <coughs> the customer, and they're taking it a step further to not <coughs> the planet. Inspired by the actions of climate activist Greta Thunberg, uh, Atlassian is supporting the global climate strike on September 20th. Um, maybe you're listening to this podcast while you're attending one of those global climate strikes, but this is a pretty big initiative from a worldwide company. Optional participation for Atlassians. Uh, they have the freedom to go and and strike to support um, efforts to mitigate climate change. And Matthew, I'm this 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 article that we're going to link to is is pretty inspiring.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of people have been uh, inspired by uh, Miss Thunberg, whose name hopefully we're pronouncing. I know she's done a TED talk. She's done a lot of other things. Um, it's this young woman who just acknowledges that the world that she's growing into and is going to be inheriting is screwed up, uh, and. Um, Atlassian, we we had on the podcast a month or two ago. You know, they're experimenting with remote work. Uh, Trello is pretty much 100 percent remote work already. But Atlassian in Australia was giving employees the opportunity to work from home. Big benefits of working from home include less driving. You know, um, there's there's a lot of sort of surprising ancillary knock ons of like doing less laundry when you're working from home, which <laughs> means that you're using less water, you're putting less soap into the system, you're like. Uh, there's like all these knock-on you know effects that are positive. Um, so the the global climate strike on the 20th, which is likely when we'll release this podcast, uh, is part of the announcement. But Atlassian has also signed up to RE 100, uh, RE 100, uh, is the RE is part of renewable. The goal is to be 100 percent renewable by 2025, uh, which means offsetting the cost of their office space with renewable energy. Uh, and finding different ways to, uh, just make the world better. And I mean, 2025, that's more ambitious than most countries. Uh, and given that Atlassian is operating, has offices in multiple countries, um,
0: you know, some of them
1: housing hundreds of people like, yeah, that's, that's significant. So, um, yeah, climate strike on the 20th. I know some of our employees are participating. Uh, Certainly as a member of the pledge 1% movement and people who live on this ball we call earth, (laughs) uh, we are, we are supporters as well. So, uh, you know, take a look uh, this on the 20th and also remember, I, you can protect the planet every day, not just on the 20th. So, you know, take care of it. It's your world too.
0: I'll say, I did get to spend a little bit of time at the Atlassian Open in Vienna last week, and I know we can't talk about the news, but I was certainly moved by what I saw in Austria as far as renewable energy goes. There were signs of it everywhere. And so the more I see of that, I love it. All right, folks, and that's it for this edition of Adaptivist Live. Are you a longtime listener? Thank you so much. This is episode 75. We're really happy that we get to do this for you. Um, if you have a question for us, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at learn@adaptivist.com at or on social at Adaptivist. So, for Matthew Stubblefield, I'm Ryan Spilkin, and we'll see you next time on Adaptivist Live. Is there anything else we need to see that say there?
1: No. I was trying to think of a thing, but it was more of a dig, so decided so not to say it.